Warning, this show is rated M for melanin. If you were able to pass as a white person, the door was just open to you as far as money, prestige. People viewed you as more desirable, more intelligent. Welcome to Blacklight, the podcast that keeps it light while talking blackness. We're your hosts, Sheldon, Jason, Warren, and Julian. We're here to cast blackness in a new light from a fresh, finessed perspective. Every episode, we examine a social issue or current event through an unapologetically black lens. The show exists because in today's media climate, the experiences and perspectives of color are often unseen or overlooked. We wanted a place to share stories of black people, by black people, for all people. This is that place. This is Blacklight. All right, so Jason, what are we talking about? So one of Warren's favorite oh, radio personalities is Shalomi Nagat. <laughs> and about two years ago, he authored a book called Black Privilege, right? So essentially what that book is about is harnessing the power of one's struggle and basically taking one's experience as a minority and flipping it, the narrative and, and getting the, the positive out of it, right? So one of the topics that we cover quite often is white privilege and how that can be uh, super harmful to, to other people. But today we're going to talk about what I'm calling light skin privilege. So the idea of this episode came to me and the other the rest of the guys talked about it a couple months ago was when. So I stay in Mount Airy, which is a predominantly uh, lily white neighborhood. And I was telling my mom's. It's her boyfriend, but she, she's also, she says her friend. Her friend said, hey, well, Jason, you know, you don't have as much of a problem as maybe I would have. It's because you guys are light-skinned, which was probably a true statement. But it really made me think about my life and what other benefits that I got just from being lighter. Uh, for those of you that don't know what we look like, even though you should because we have a Facebook page, I am a pretty light-skinned guy, but I have two black parents. Warren and Sheldon are both mixed. Sheldon is dark-skinned, and and Julian is he looks like Drake basically, uh, tall Drake. <laughs> so he's 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 super light-skinned. So uh, today we're just going to be discussing: Is there such a thing as light-skinned privilege, and have we been uh, the benefactors of of that privilege? Man, where do we where do we jump into that? So first, I think we got to ask the question, is it a real thing? Like, does it exist? And if so, where does it come from? So maybe let's start there. And then like just as like a group, like tossing the idea around, like when we say that we think that it's something that we've either seen experience, it does exist or it's kind of out there in left field. I mean, I, I'm going to say that I've, I've seen it and I think that it exists. Yeah, for sure. I I think it definitely exists. And it's one of those things that, again, I haven't really thought about it because I just kind of see my struggle as a struggle of every other black person. But if I really look at it, honestly, I am pretty certain that my life would be 
different if I were darker skin. I would ha- I would face other trials and tribulations that I may not go through as a very light skinned black person. Yeah, I mean, I think about it too, and it's interesting because you, Jason, you said that I'm I'm dark skin, which I would definitely like if we we're talking about just in shades of melanin. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely darker than the three of <laughs> of you guys. But some people would look at me, and then they would they would not classify me as dark skin in comparison to like someone like my dad, who is you know pretty much as dark as you can get. Well, there's probably a couple shades darker, but he's he's right up there. Yeah, you're more uh, brown skin. Excuse me. So, but you know, it's just like when you said that, it doesn't it doesn't you know, make me think I'm not like, oh, well, I don't want to be like more dark skin, you know, especially the more I think about it, like the more we really need to just celebrate our skin. I mean, that's what people see. It's what we see. It's truly is part of who we are. And so to look at one ourselves and say, you know, because of like you're darker than you're less than, you know, we, we really just got to start changing that narrative. And I think that that's an internal thing within the black community, really. And I know that I've experienced that on, on, on a number of levels, you know, whether we talked about being black enough and, you know, what that looks like. I think the closest experiences that I would say, like I'm, I'm putting them on the spot here a little bit, is just really the amount of time that I spent with Warren. And there aren't necessarily things where I saw where somebody was like deliberately treating us differently. It was more so like, prefer- like preference and those kinds of things, especially because, I mean, most of me and Warren's stories are about us going out and meeting people. And a good chunk of that is meeting women. And so like, I would just pick up on those things and notice I'm like, okay, like these are the type of women who are typically like into Warren. But the more I also noticed that, like I had to kind of look at some of my own biases and there were some things there that I'm like, okay, maybe I have this a little bit wrong. So I think it's worth talking about more. And what you're saying about Warren in terms of uh, a preference, I think the interesting part and what I'm hoping to get out of this conversation is where we draw the line between preference and then favoritism, because favoritism could happen within families. You know, this kid is lighter, so maybe maybe this one gets treated a little bit differently mm-hmm. or favoritism because you're qualified for a job. You look a certain way. I, you're The way that you look, I assign specific qualities and attributes to it. So I'm likely to want you to get promoted. Yeah. Well, let's also talk about like, well, let's talk about like where, where we think that it may have originated from. And I have a theory about it, or at least maybe as I kind of try to put some things together. And for me, it really just, there's always going to be, I guess what you would call sort of colorism within groups or like basically like how we look at people with, within the, their own group, even within like Julian, you're saying within like a family and so like that's one perspective uh, to to be able to look at that. A good piece of it originated really in like in slavery times, if we're talking about like from the African-American perspective and then slave masters taking slaves and, and fathering children who would then be lighter skinned. And then my guess or, you know, just from a historical perspective of these folks being um shown some sort of favoritism and we talk about this in terms of like being closer to the house or working closer to or inside the house uh maybe the term would be like like a house negro or something like that and that's really where a lot of that comes from is somebody who's lighter skin who had the privilege or the ability to work closer to the house who's seen as whiter or closer to white and so given like special privilege or treatment am i way off there no i mean that's that's true in terms of what what everything that I've read, I've also read that intraracially, there wasn't that much division 
between dark skinned black people and lighter skinned black people until slavery was abolished because white people were more reticent to have contact with darker skinned black people. So there was a difference suddenly in terms of your quality of life as a lighter skinned black person, but, but you were quote unquote free now. So suddenly you were looking at yourself going, well, you know, I don't want to associate with darker skinned people because that'll, that'll diminish my favor. And from what I've read there, there wasn't that kind of animosity between lighter skinned black people and darker skinned black people until slavery was actually abolished. And that's one of the, that's one of the things about the, like the white supremacist landscape that we live in. That's really difficult to deal with is the fact that I think this intraracial conversation has its roots in white supremacy. Like the fact that lighter is better is this idea that white is right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, which is, which is just not, you know, for black people too. They, I, it, it's, I think, unfortunately, that's almost a, at this point, a universal thing where you, anywhere from the Hispanic community, the Asian community, lighter people are viewed mostly as being looked at as more beautiful because that, that's kind of what it comes down to and as far yeah, as but that's, I, that's I, europeans just just literally colonizing everything yeah and being like we are the best <laughs> our god looks like us and you should serve our god mm. i look at it and go it's just europe saying to everywhere else <laughs> if you're darker than us you're worse than us right and so and then conquering us and then saying, so so now you have to succumb to our ideals. And every community has sort of said, like, well, fine, yeah, I mean, I want to be treated better, so I'd rather be a little lighter. Yeah. So, I mean, this, this is kind of one of those, uh, yet another kind of fucked up thing <laughs> that is due to white supremacy. And as far as black people and, uh, and, and slaves, a, a lot of the prestige came from what was called as passing. If you were able to pass as a white person, the door was just open to you as far as money, prestige. People viewed you as, as more desirable, more intelligent. We, we've talked about this many times. And honestly, that hasn't changed all that much. And that's where some of the division between black people, interracial, has has developed. It, it was from that slavery time and, and the um the animosity that I'm sure some would have with like, look, these people were just, you know, back in the day, if you just had one drop of black blood, you were considered black. We were all black. But now because of that slavery has ended and we afforded some rights, Look at them leaving us as soon as they have the opportunity, they, they left us. And but, you know, I, I kind of see it from both perspectives, too, because a lot of times bringing it to more modern day, when you have people that are mixed, you kind of get it on both sides. It's, it's history just kind of repeating itself over and over again. Yeah, I think it's hard when we talk about colorism, because speaking as a, a lighter skinned person, I've definitely gotten words and phrases and animosity in my direction from both sides of the people saying that I'm not black enough or people saying that I'm not light enough or, you know, not light enough to be white, all of that movement either direction. But I'm, I'm not sure as a light skinned black person, how much I should be contributing to the conversation on colorism because 
I don't think my perspective is necessarily one that is informed by as much self-awareness as I should have. Mm. I think I've probably been in a lot of situations where the skin color that I have, how light it is, has played a part in how easy I found that situation. Whereas if someone darker had been in that situation, it would not have gone as easy. And I haven't been, I haven't been aware of that dichotomy or I've been in the situation where, you know, there are two of us and one of us is lighter and one of us is darker and, and I had an easy time. And I, I thought that it was because of how I carried myself or, or something that I said. And in reality, it might've been because I was more acceptable to someone just based on my look and not actually about who I am as a person. Yeah, I'm probably I'm going to tell a story real quick and I'm probably going to get this one wrong. So just everybody (laughs) get a little bit of forgiveness on deck here. So this was uh, years ago when Warren and I were roommates and he had gone on several dates with a girl who happened to be Asian. And from my recollection, they had a few good dates And so she was hanging out at our place one day and she like, I wanted to pick her brain on something that I had noticed. And like, I was just wanted to like get some clarity. And I had noticed that like, if there was a, like if Warren and I were out and there was a situation where there was like a group of Asian women, like they seemed to be more attracted to him than to me. And I'm just figuring, well, shit, you know, maybe I'm just ugly. You know, maybe that, that could, be, <laughs> could be what it is <laughs> or maybe it could be something else. I'm not really sure. So I wanted to ask her uh, and not that she had to, to answer for all Asian people. I think it's stupid when you have to, you know, people put you on the spot to make you answer for an entire group. But I was just curious if she could provide me with some perspective. And so I just asked her, I said, you know, just from looks alone, like if you were to if I was to say that like my dating history with Asian people or with Asian girls has been like at zero and or something like that, like it's not that I'm not attracted to Asian women. I am, or but I'm trying to figure out like what's going on here. And her response to me was, well, you know, I think that you might just be a little too forward. Now here's the thing. This was the first time that this person had met me and there was nothing in our conversation that when we had met that indicated that I was forward in any way. And not to say that I am or I'm not forward, but that's not the point. The point was that that was her created excuse for why she believed that some Asian women might not be attracted to me, is that I might be too forward. And I'm looking at Warren and I'm looking at myself and I'm thinking, it's because Warren is lighter than I am. I know this shit. I ain't stupid. (laughs) (laughs) And, And let me be real. I was I was on dates with her because I was forward as hell. <laughs> I I was incredibly forward with her. So so the idea that Sheldon is too forward, but I'm I'm on dates with her is just in, incredibly funny to me. So I mean, and that and I, by no means am I saying light skin privilege is the ability to date Asian women. That's not the that's not the moral of the, of the story here. But I'm saying that there's a there's a difference I think in whether it's knowing or unknowing. And even when I called her out on it, or at least asked about it, like it wasn't even in her mind. But it was to to me, yeah. it was so clear because her response had nothing to do with what she knew about me. She just had to make it up. Here's a perfect example of a situation that I was unaware of. Like, I I hadn't put that together until Sheldon said it to me, which was there might be a difference in coloration level 
in terms of like her thinking of him as too forward and me not being too forward. And I hadn't put that together. And I think that's a piece of the way that I walk through the world, not realizing how people interact with the lightness of my skin color versus Sheldon's skin color. And I kind of want to circle back to, to something that Warren just said. And, and it's sort of not not that I have a problem with what you said, but I have a problem with, I'll call them the the woke community <laughs> on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, which is a villain of mine in most of my stories. But the, the issue that I have is that <laughs> when people say, or, or black Twitter, or woke black Twitter, or whatever, whoever in real life says that because of someone's lack of melon, that it, it, when they're black, that they shouldn't even be in the conversation. That's what I have an issue with. Like, yes, there are some issues that will affect a darker skinned person more, and maybe I should kind of fall back on that, right? Like, I totally get that. But to say that, well, you know, you really aren't black, black. You're not, you're like suburban black, or you're <laughs> Bethesda black, or or whatever it is that using that qualifier. I, that's that's the thing that I have an issue with because I mean, a racist person does not care that someone's dark skin or light skin. They're like, Oh, nigga, like I, I, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> they don't have time to parse out their racism. So we really have to stop doing that to each other, but also show uh, respect to one another as far as like, yes, your experience is definitely a little bit different from mine, but we still have the same common pain, you know, mm-hmm. and, and trials and tribulations. We have similar trials and tribulations. So that that's one thing I, that really I would say we me. probably have different pains though. And like I don't want to say that I have the same exact pains as someone with darker skin color, especially since it it's come out well, I don't want to say it's come out recently. I mean in college I read a uh, a play that was written in like the 1950s on intra-racism. But I've seen it much more recently on colorism. The world interacts with, <laughs> this is ridiculous for me to say because I know it's true. I, I think the world interacts with darker skinned people less well than it interacts with lighter skinned people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's something that I need to work on myself to realize and be self-aware of when I'm walking through the world so that I can better advocate for the people that I know and yeah. black people at at large to say, no, you have to treat us all correctly. You don't just get to treat the light skinned black people correctly. And then, and then me forget that you're not treating the darker skinned black people correctly. You don't get a pass just because you treated me correctly. And and so you don't, you're not racist anymore, but, but the dark skinned person down the hall is uppity or, or, you know, like <laughs> that kind of stuff. It, it It's not allowed to fly. I need to be better at being aware of it. And I think all of us yeah. need to be better at being aware of the, the like little nuances of racism in our own lives and more globally. I think just in terms of my ex- experience of uh, <laughs> my experience of being a light skinned, <laughs> people might see people of, of uh, with lighter skin as as more approachable. Uh, people have a specific curiosity uh, in terms of what our ethnic background might be. I mean, we may have we may or may not have talked on a previous episode that we may never hear about exotic features, and so people are <laughs> so people are. I think generally they have a curiosity uh, in terms of uh, what is it like, what are you? That's something that I've experienced. And 
and it's always assumed that I have to be mixed with another ethnicity, another uh, background. You know, why can't both of my parents just be black? That's well, let me let me let me see if I can explain that to you, Julian. So the way that this works, uh, <laughs> 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 oh, but uh, no, I, I I feel you on that, and I wanted to <laughs> to add to the to the conversation. Just as far as like how we kind of move past some of this stuff or really one, it's having the conversation just like this. The other thing, too, is sort of like when we talked about black superheroes, like how important it is to see different shades in prominent positions. And so when you see a beautiful black woman, a beautiful dark skinned black woman on TV, you know, it's not, oh, she's beautiful for a black woman. She's beautiful, you know, and like we have to start conditioning ourselves to think those things and say those things and that it's not for a black person it's just this person is smart this person is beautiful this person is capable uh and it it doesn't like the lighter they get all of a sudden their intelligence starts to go through the roof right you know we've got to abandon those kinds of ways of thinking and even within the community and saying and using honestly really like warren you're kind of a little tepid about this and saying like, you know, I shouldn't really, I don't know if I'm the right person to be speaking about these things. I think it's also important that we use the tools and the gifts that we have to, to move things forward. And part of that is like, you're saying you're recognizing and saying, you know what, I have benefited from this in some way at some point, whether I have seen it or uh, haven't seen it, but you know, how can I then use this to further the conversation and and help improve things. And I think that that's important. I think even when our listeners are kind of hearing this kind of stuff, like how can I make a difference? It's really just changing the way that you think about it. It's okay that you were implicit because it just means you didn't know. But, you know, what? once you know, now you have an obligation to to change the narrative. I think that's that's super important. Warren and, and others will, will be in spaces that other people won't. They they may be the only black face. So you are going to be the, the representation in, in, in calling Damn, something out. You know, so you really have to, again, that's why everyone's voice is is valid. And it's just the way that you use that voice. It, it, it needs to be to uplift like, hey, I have this situation. I'm I'm. I'm uh, gay. I'm light skinned. I'm from the suburbs, whatever you that other thing is, you are still authentically black and you have a distinct voice. And again, you're you're going to just be in spaces that others who are don't fit into that category are not. So we can't demonize uh, people who are on the other side of what some would consider the maybe the non-traditional um, viewpoints of, of black people. Yeah, well, in terms of dating and relationships, has a girl ever rejected you guys based on your lightness or perceived lightness? No woman has ever rejected me. That's a ridiculous question. True, true. Everybody except Jason. <laughs> no, but I mean, I'm certainly <laughs> to I reject mean, pe- you. They'd have to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. I get rejected by women for many other reasons. So <laughs> <laughs> well, let's be clear. <laughs> Um, well, I mean, no, I, I, I would say I have definitely been told by women that they favor and, and it's, that's no problem that they favor a, a dark skinned person. Like, ah, oh, no, I don't really mess with light skinned guys too much, which is, uh, kind of weird to, to say hmm. to another black person. I'm like, I, I mean, I get like, you may have a preference, but you're not even going to give me an opportunity because I'm a little light, I, 
that always bothered me. Mm-hmm. It didn't keep me up at night because, you know, on to the next one. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, it is something to to hear um, quite a few times because I, I've, I've mostly dated black women. Uh, so, you know, they, they run the gamut of, of what they are used to or what they uh, what they prefer or what they find attractive. So that always kind of threw me for a loop. I'm like, really? Not to say that I'm I'm like the the best looking guy ever, but I mean, come on. I mean, so to over, uh, yeah, so to compensate for it, he grew to a height of six feet five. <laughs> yeah. and, I performed genetic experiments and literally has to do and, absolutely nothing when he goes out. Women just flock to him immediately. That is not true. That's J- Jason Banner. <laughs> I mean, you shaved your head to put a beacon on your skull, so that <laughs> it's like a right. bat. You symbol. could just be like, come this yeah. way. Uh-huh. And if we're really getting into about light skin privilege, that's why I'm so cool with Julia, man. I started hanging out with him because it's like oh boy you know he well, he's tall what six four and light skin i'm six like four. all right this dude is gonna just i mean there's gonna be so many women he can't possibly keep up with all of them so i'll just <laughs> hang out and and see which ones like don't work out <laughs> <laughs> y'all think he's playing but you know, he's it's like uh, it's like ass <laughs> it's it's kind of like that that the uh, oh, the, the Amazon uh, recommendations like those who like this you know also <laughs> might like this you know like in a shorter form factor you know but you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah when you said Amazon my brain went in a totally different direction I thought you were about to get real deep <laughs> okay so yeah that's pretty much you know I'm never gonna be six five I just I've accepted that you know so do the next best thing and just hang out with tall friends. <laughs> So that's why you hang out with me and Jason, huh? I mean, you do bring other things to the table, but I, I do appreciate your height. <laughs> but that's really 95% of it. <laughs> I really do appreciate your height. <laughs> yeah. You know, another funny, quote unquote, funny thing about, <laughs> not, not about the height, but about the whole being light skin concept is, is the mm-hmm. fact that lighter complected people generally are seen as more sensitive you know oh yeah you got to go on the jokes right like yeah you know, i mean I, how many times can you, i do tell those jokes yeah. they're funny but i do it in a deprecating way like i'm always the butt of the joke i never you're talking about like where drake is like the poster child for like the, exactly. those types of jokes exactly like if i ex- express something about how i i feel it's like hey man i felt that was uh, i think you were out of line with what you said it's like man that's some that's some light skin like, okay, yeah, okay, <laughs> okay drake yeah um, I talk about all, all the time how I, I, you are my only light skinned friends because yeah. I hate y'all motherfuckers. But yeah. One, so. yeah. I think, I mean, it's funny, but then it gets into the whole like, oh, you know, that's some light skin shit. And then you start talking about as a rebuttal, oh, yeah, well, that's some dark skin shit. Like, yeah. I see, like I don't do that part. Because, yeah. Like, why? That's just, but it just it like, opens up the I, door. I take for the that. smoke myself. You know? yeah. yeah. It does. I, I, don't, I don't ever open that door because it's just like, why? Y'all yeah. do that with a certain person that will go on name. I don't talk. Some of y'all, I'm not saying anybody on this podcast, but we have a member of our crew that is extremely dark skinned, extremely dark skinned. And black is beautiful, man. Y'all, black some of y'all, some of the people in the group talk about that. Uh, it also doesn't help that he's an asshole. So, <laughs> so that's why he gets, but I never go that route. You know, it's, it's just certain jokes I just will not do. Even if it's really funny below the belt, like I could really get them. I really, mm. I, I do not do that. Jason, I've never known you to have time. limits. So this is a first. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know, I didn't know there was a the place limits. that you wouldn't go. Okay. Yeah. Jason, awesome. I should be able to talk about whatever I want to. <laughs> but then when you hear, oh, man, we're not going to talk about skin today. 
Yeah. I don't I don't go there, but because I I I I imagine how it is. And to always have that thrown out like, oh, oh we can't see you, huh? you know, smile. All those jokes. Like I eh, I don't know. I think they're kind of corny. Like I, I, I understand why people do them, but it's bullshit. Hmm. Yeah. But others may feel different, like, oh, well, we just throw insults around and racial insults. I, I do that as well with a certain group of people, with yeah. certain people, period. Now, um, have you have you yeah. noticed, like, I mean, we've talked about some, like, light skin privilege or or favoritism of lighter skin, even within families. I don't know. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, so I think about it, like, my brother and sister are both lighter than I am. Yes. I, I'm definitely the, the darkest of the three of us. But there's never I, I can't really imagine like our parents treating us differently because of that. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I was just chalk it up to being the middle child, you know, so everything uh, never went my way. But that's neither here nor there. We're not, oh, we don't have time to get into all that. <laughs> I didn't hear <laughs> it that just, way, but OK. But I'm curious in terms of like if you've heard of that or had other people like maybe whether it's in your own family that you've noticed it or in other people's families. Have you heard of that? Oh, where, hell yeah. Where yeah. The, my favoritism within like amongst children or or because of the color of their skin to me it was it was more the older generation I, i'll just say it. My, my 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 grandmother was extremely color struck in in certain ways but she got better as she got older but she definitely there were def there were compliments that light skin because mm. our, our family's all over the place right I, i'm probably the light i don't know how i got this fucking light actually now that i think about it they're they're literally mixed people in my family that are darker than me but anyway Again, if, you, uh, if, you, if you want to go through how this happens we can <laughs> I got my DNA test. I'm straight, eighty five percent black. But anyway, uh, but I, I know, yeah, that it was it was it was a real thing. It's it's something that I certainly picked up on. Certain compliments weren't afforded to darker skinned people, or certain you know there was certainly a favorability with certain light skinned people. So it, which it's sad to see in your own family, but. I definitely have noticed that it, it, and it was one of those things that you really have to observe. It wasn't something that was just out there that anybody could pick up on. But of course I was around my grandmother all the time. So I certainly did pick up on, on some of that, that she treated darker skinned people in our family. She treated them differently and harsher and by differently. I mean, worse. I mean, the one that I think and she of... wasn't the only one in the family. I, I, I've noticed mm -hmm. that from others, but she was, you know, now we're making excuses. Okay, I see how it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think the one that I think of, I mean, so so not within my family because my sister and I basically look like the boy and girl versions of each other. It's um, this is true. Like Facts. we look so much alike. Facts. When uh, I first, first met Warren's sister, I was like, she's the girl version of Warren. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It like threw me off so much. And I was like, <laughs> Even though Sheldon, your other siblings are like that. They look exactly like one another. When I first they saw do. your sister, I was like, holy shit, that's cute. They do look a lot alike. Yeah. yeah. Go on, Warren. So what what I was gonna say is uh so it's not it's not within my family, but the the thing that I think of when I think colorism a lot is actually hair. I I hear like the good hair. Mm, or he's got that good hair, statement. right? It's yeah, it's it's this idea that oh, it's it's easy to take care of, or or it looks like white people's hair, or you know, like it looks like white people want their hair to look like. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not this very characteristically African kind of coarser kind of hair, uh, and is why is that good hair? 
Um, well, let me tell you why it's good hair, Warren, because you you cut your fro like three or four times in the past few years. I've still been growing my hair out, and it ain't nothing like that, man. There's a lot of jealous feelings I have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sheldon's been plotting this whole time against you, man. <laughs> I mean, it's true, but you have to pay way less in haircuts. Uh, well, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> but yeah, man, I think it's it's a good conversation to have. We got to kind of keep having the conversation. The big thing, I think, is really changing the narrative, though. Like we're talking about, it's important to to see black faces, to see black excellence, for it to be recognized, for it not to be seen as the the exception, right? But, you know, actually that, you know, it doesn't matter your light skin, your dark skin, that you, you know, are capable if you're qualified, if you have the ability to do it, then that's that's really what matters. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, I think at one point we'll probably talk more about how important it is to change the narrative and, and what, what that means within the black community. But I think it really starts, it starts in places like this. Absolutely. It also starts with understanding the narrative. If you're, if you're ignorant to what's going on, you can't work to change something. Right. You're, you're going to work within the system that, that has already been put in place. If you can't see it, then you can't change it. Uh, and it's one of those things where I would encourage people that are especially light-skinned black people to do research on how differences in color affect job status or affect jail time or affect sentencing in general or affect uh, socioeconomic status or, I mean, like right. there have been studies on all of this and you can find an easy like meta study on how differences in skin tone affect life in general it's real and it's, it's worth looking into so that you can know how you feel and, and be able to be versed in the conversation so that when you see it happen in real life, you can recognize it and do something about it. Absolutely. I would also add that networking opportunities, especially in professional conferences uh, and networks, I think it's important to be a part of those and at least seek out opportunities to, to be in some of those circles because you have a chance to build uh, those relationships with people and understand that this may have been your experience as being like whatever complected person you might be, uh, but seeing that there is you know greatness all around. Uh, and even it doesn't have to be in a professional environment, but it can be just in a, an interest, like a black comic book follower or whatever, you know, or specific networking opportunities like that. I think it's it's great to be able to build those connections. There's one that I found for tech that I've I've liked looking at recently, which is it's called Pocket. P-O-C-I-T, people of color in tech. Hmm. And if you look at their like blog posts and the articles that they post, it's just tons of pictures of really, really smart people of color in engineering or tech roles and and talking about what they've done and, and what they're doing and how they're trying to maneuver industries. And that's not the kind of conversations you ever hear or you normally hear about people that look like us or people that are really dark skinned or, or people that are wearing hijabs or, you know, like that kind of stuff really helps to change the, the normal thoughts that swirl around in my head on any given day. And I've, I've loved sitting on that site and, and looking through articles because it's helping me change what I introduce into my, my average daily exposure. Thanks for listening to Blacklight. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Blacklight Pod. That's Black L I T E Pod. 
If you have a topic, idea, or feedback you'd like to share with us, you can hit us up at blacklightpodcast at gmail.com.